You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. One of my most beloved sponsors has got to be Audible. I had an Audible account long before I thought about ever getting into podcasting. And Audible has an awesome gift for all of my listeners. And if you head over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan, you're going to get a free audiobook on them and me. All you have to do is sign up for a free trial. And if you decide that Audible's not for you, and within 30 days, you can cancel. No harm, no file, you spend no money, and you get to keep that free audiobook. Audible has hundreds of thousands of books in their catalog read by world-renowned narrators. From New York Times bestsellers to the classics, they're all on Audible. So again, head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan and pick up your free audiobook today. If you're listening to me, then I know you listen to other podcasts. Don't worry, I'm not mad that you're cheating. In fact, I'd cheat on me too. But I figured I'd take the time to tell you about one of my new favorite podcasts, and that's The Rancher. Austin over at The Rancher has a passion for history and an ear for a great story. And trust me when I say this, he's a heck of a lot more eloquent with his talking than I am. From rodeo to tales of the Old West, The Rancher brings Western traditions to a whole new generation of listeners. You can find The Rancher wherever you get podcasts today. And welcome back to another episode of Behind the Horse's Eyes. I am joined by, honestly, two of my favorite people in the world. Mr. Rowdy Colton. How are you, sir? Doing well. Thank you for having me again. I love that hat, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Got to rep my smarty people. There you go. There you go. I'm over here at Four Sixes Ranch on, and they don't know I exist, but it's okay. I was I got this at Road to the Horse people. It had nothing to do with Yellowstone. And my best friend in the entire world, he is not in our industry. I don't know if he knows which end of a horse feed goes in and manure comes out, but I brought him on because he's got some great insight on the subject at hand tonight, Mr. Jesse Bussey. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, it's not the first time we've ever been on a podcast together. I mean, right? Yeah. How many How many episodes of uh, Life Illiterate have we done? Uh, we've done actually put out I think sixteen something like that, but I have. Over the course of like five years or something? No, like three years. It's just, it's it's hard for us. It's five of us on our podcast. And logistically, it's just a nightmare of getting everyone together at the same time and trying to record. And then uh, me trying to edit has been a nightmare just because of personal things I've been going through. So, uh, but yeah, it's, we, we've got the, we've got the knowledge behind it. We just need to buckle down and get it done. Oh, brought both of you guys on tonight. We were going to have Jess Rice, but Jess Rice is she's in a monsoon apparently, and uh, says her audio quality is crap. But um, it can't be no worse than me with dogs barking everywhere. So, you know, it it is what it is at this point. Um, but we see a lot of trends. All of us, we're all over social media. I know Rowdy, your content creator. Um, Jesse, you're in the podcasting space, but you know you're all over Instagram, Facebook twitter uh tiktok 
Um, and so you see the you see the trends um, as they're set and as they're going. And I was thinking the other day, and I was like, you know, it it really brings up where we're at um, as an industry, not just like the horse industry, but the Western industry, which I have to admit, I believe that we are light years ahead. And on the Western side, when compared to our counterparts on the pish posh side, because they really have no, I don't see any of their brands anywhere. Right. Then again, I might not be looking for him. The algorithm's just like, no, nah, he's not going to like that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, English people that get with me, if, if you guys are seeing, if there's your brands or somewhere, but you know, we've talked in the past about how, um, it seems like Western brands and our industry as a whole seems to be really behind the times when it comes to marketing. But we're seeing the evolution um, in our industry, and it, it seems to come in waves. And I can remember because, you know, I'm older than, than both of you guys. Um, and I can remember like when Urban Cowboy came out, right? I know you've seen Urban Cowboy. I have, yeah. And that kind of made the country boy you know, the, the, the redneck, let's say, cool again. You know, the, the big trucks, the, the dive bars, or smoky bar rooms, mechanical bulls, um, all of that stuff. That made that popular. And then, you know, you, we had, and I don't know if any, either of you remember this, but there was a television network called TNN, the Nashville mm -hmm. Network. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, guy by the name of Ralph Emery. Loved him, by the way. Um but that was a lot of the times America's first introduction for a lot of Americans to professional rodeo because I believe it was on Saturday nights or something like that. They'd have professional rodeo on. And this was pre PBR, by the way, you know, we got to see guys like Lane Frost and Ty Murray and, and, you know, guys at the inception of when bull riding got, you know, popular mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden we lose lane frost and what was something that probably would have been regional news or industry news was national news there's been many of great cowboy that had has died and it never made the news like lane frost because we were at a peak at that point in time and we you know we we, we go through waves like right now we're still on that yellowstone high mm -hmm. everybody's all the everybody's coming into the industry everybody wants a piece of it everybody wants a pair of boots everybody wants the hat everybody wants to go to the bar you know they want to play the part they want to look the part and i'm not here to gatekeep anyone i think you can dress the way you like you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself i have no problem with it um but the we are seeing things that i had not heard in years throw it around I had not ever heard anybody in my life other than in passing. I'd never heard the term drugstore cowboy actually used <laughs> outside of songs or an old guy. And we're really starting to see that because we're getting so many, so many people in. Um, and I feel like it's a double-edged sword because for one, you do have people that know nothing about the industry that <clears throat> are kind of falsely labeling themselves someone else's actual job title because cowboy is a job title. That is a trade. Um, but on the other hand, too, you've, it, it, you know, I don't want to discourage anyone coming into the industry and finding their own way. 
How do you guys, how do you feel about that, Rowdy? Well, so I consider myself cowboy and I don't do it for a living. It's not a trade or a job for me, but it's the way that I carry myself and how I represent myself as a person. But I'm also not just dressing up and taking videos of it. You know, I'm trying to do some team roping. I grew up around the stuff, so it's just kind of been a way of life for me. Wait, what um, you're your dad was a rough stock guy, correct? Yeah, my dad was a rough stock guy. My grandpa did team roping. So basically, cowboy just runs in my blood. It's just a part of who I am. It's just not what I do for a living. Yeah. But I think what I've seen nowadays is people are – I'm seeing a really weird mixture of things. Like I will see people dress up as cowboys and do all that stuff, but then they'll do these kind of goofy dances – and they'll call themselves cowboys, but I don't ever see them like do anything cowboy. And I'm, mm -hmm. and I'm, yeah, you know, and I'm not trying to gatekeep at all. I'm like, I've told you where I stand on all that stuff, but it's like, for me, I'm like, what, well, what is the point of calling yourself that? Like, obviously being cowboy is cool nowadays because everybody wants to be called cowboy, but what's the point of doing that if you're not actually trying to do something? You know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And to, to touch on that, See, I'm, I'm one of the guys that, you know, I'm in the industry. I, I show horses in the industry. I'm a first-generation horseman. It doesn't run in my family, you know, and I, I've made a video about that, that to me, I don't consider myself a cowboy because um, I don't have the heritage. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't go to Brandon's. I'm not, a, I'm not very handy with a rope. <laughs> and I always say, if I'm anything, I'm a show pony jockey you know, in, in the Western world. And I know I, I, there's so many people that look at me and go, oh, that's BS. You're more cowboy than half the people that call themselves cowboy. You know, I, I'm one of those people I tend to take things at face value. If I meet someone on the street and I say, hey, what do you do for a living? And they say they cowboy. I take them at their word. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'm also that type of person. If I meet somebody out on the street, I'm like, you know, I see them, you know, hat, boots you know whatever and i ask what they do and they say uh, you know um i'm a sheetrock finisher you know i'm like oh well, but you're not a cowboy you're a sheetrock finisher mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying so i don't know like it's, it's just weird for me you know and, i i think i think that there's and i didn't mean to cut you off but i think there's also the perception of um what generation or what age you're looking at a guy like if you see an older gentleman who's got you know, the boots and the hat and he's got a, you know, a dirty F-350 or, or a dirty, you know, Dodge, you know, without even talking to him, you know, he works on the farm, he's cowboy and he's doing whatever. But you see somebody our age or younger with that stuff on, your first thought is uh, you're just jumping on a trend. And like you said, not trying to gatekeep that, if that's the look that they want to go for, that's fine kind of thing. But I think it's one of those things where um, just the outward perception of something it's like if you tell somebody at your age that you're a cowboy most people especially the older generation is going to look and say well what do you know about being a cowboy what do you know about you know working livestock and things like that so it's instead of them looking at it as a well maybe this young guy is trying to help grow this energy industry help keep this thing going they just automatically look at it as like oh this is a you know a poser if you're younger or whatever like that kind of thing or if you're the younger person looking at the older guy the older lady that's you know decked out 
um, you have the opposite effect of like, man, they, I don't know why anybody would want to do that. It's such hard work and such this, that, and the third. So um, I, I, I think the, the general perception that we have as human beings of other people has a lot to do with that as well. Well, you know, I've always said that, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Roddy. I saw, no, you're you're t- saw you taking a deep breath over there. You're good. No, you're good. I, you know, and I, I've always said the real ones are going to know. Um, you can look at it the way a guy carries himself and the way he's dressed and tell right off the bat if he's a hand or if he's fingers. You know, right off the bat, if he's wearing, you know, super tight jeans and they don't cover the, the boot fully, you know, if he's not <laughs> stacking, he's not in saddle. You know what I mean? Just like Rowdy. Rowdy, you ride a little bit. I guarantee I can look at the inside of the pair of boots that you ride in, and either they're gonna be they're gonna be shinier than the rest of the boot. Oh yeah. Well, that and I definitely just the way that I walk tears up boots. So you oh, yeah, nobody nobody'd be able to judge my cowboy abilities off my boots, but I also like to make make it very known on my platforms that I don't think that I am something that I am not. I I've made it clear to people. I don't think I'm handy at the very best. I'm a finger or two, but people know that that's the, <laughs> that that's the, the strides that I'm taking. And I think that's, what's made the industry kind of clash is because you have people out there that they, they really do portray themselves as something that they may not be. And that really frustrates people because yeah and i think i've gotten a lot of support because of my openness and honestness and honesty well and i'm you know and i'm just the same way and i i can i can agree with you 100 percent. i think i get a lot of support because i'm honest and say well i don't consider myself that i i dress the way i i do for one it's it's comfortable and two it's just kind of the, the standard dress code for the stuff that we do mm-hmm. i mean it's just the way we dress um you know, it's utilitarian as much as it's fashionable. The world made our utilitarian fashionable. You see what I'm saying? And now we're living with it. Um, and I, man, I have nothing against the guy that wants to go buy a really nice hat, break it out a couple of times a year, go get a pair of Tacovas and, you know, some really nice jeans and hit the dance floor and learn to line dance and shoot BS at the bar and take women home. Man, more power to that guy. You know what I mean? Like I, I really have nothing against the guys and gals that <clears throat> that do you know portray their stuff. I'm not here to gatekeep the the industry. In fact, I want more people in our industry. Our industry needs to grow, and it's especially with the younger generation because, like we have said before, our industry, um, the Western industry, the English industry, uh, the horse industry, and really the farming, ranching, cattle all of that industry, we are a million years behind when it comes to social media and it comes to mm-hmm. marketing than anybody else. You know, what do we got? We've got what ride TV and RFD TV. Well, I think part of that too, is that our industry offends a lot of people. And, and that's just, that's just part of it, man. And that, and that's just, you got to be able to work with that because just for example, you bring up bull riding to somebody in Dallas compared to you bring up bull riding to somebody in Fort Worth. And those two cities are 30, 45 minutes hour apart and you will get two different reactions. I mean, and Lord forbid you bring it up on the streets of Austin. 
No, and, and that's just the thing is that I, I completely agree. We're definitely behind on the social media aspect, but at the same time, we're kind of working with the cards that have been given just because if you, you won't ever see it on ESPN because the amount of people that would be in an uproar because of what we do and they don't understand it. That, no. That's a big part of it is that this, this industry is very misunderstood. And I truly believe that most of the animals are not mistreated. Yes. You will find those anomalies of people that do not treat their animals well, but I always love to talk about the PBR bulls because those PBR bulls are in better shape and are, have better nutrition than most college athletes are. Oh, a hundred times over. And I can speak from the show horse world, you know, and I'm not, I'm not the gated horse world, but I'll use the gated horse world as a fine example for this. The gated horse world is tainted by soaring, which happened years ago. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it doesn't happen at all anymore. There's still, you're still going to have small groups of people that are going to do horrible things. Just like in rough stop, just like in show horses, you're going to have small groups of people that are doing really small things on a really small scale, and they're doing nefarious crap. But in the mainstream, the levels that we are at, you're not going to see that. For one, we have way too much money tied up in those animals to do anything that could ever harm that animal. Same way with these stock contractors. Like we have Ken Treadway here in South Carolina. Ken Treadway is known all over the country for being a fine stock contractor. His bulls and his bronx live better than than I do. They live better than my inside dogs. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's no joke. You know, I, I think it's one of those things as well that uh, unfortunately, and you can put any topic in this in quotations, right, is the media coverage, what, you know, little or how much it gets, it's always the negative stuff. Right. So then whenever it comes out, the people who aren't directly involved in that uh, situation, that industry, whatever is going on, that's all they see is the negative. They don't see all the good that is going on. So if you do see a situation where a certain um, rancher or I'm sorry if I don't know the correct terminology, but if a rancher is found to be uh, mishandling his animals and abusing them and things like that. That's what's headline news in your industry, not the thousands of other guys who are doing their due diligence to make sure that all these animals live the optimal life that they can based on their situation. And like I said, you can do that with anything, anything that's going out in the mainstream news media now. It's 95% negativity and 5% positivity, you know, and they, they even word the negative stuff with certain words to get that viewer to get that you know, that view and that look and everything like that, the positive stuff, you know, 30 second coverage, you know, you yeah. have a, you know, a large article about this guy did something crazy with his dogs or his horses or his cows or whatever the case is. Well, you know, we had the thing in Los Angeles recently where they were trying to ban pro rodeo and, you know, we have a great advocate out there and I don't know if you know, pinky, um, she lives in, I think she she lives right outside of L.A. Um, and I believe it, you said something like Burbank or something. Was yeah, it Burbank? Somewhere like that. And if you saw Pinky on the street without her horse, you would think that would be the last person that would be an advocate for our industry. Shaved head, dyed pink, throat tattoo, gauged ears. It's not prototypical for our industry, you know, but that goes to show you it, and, and they are a fine example of that this industry is a lot bigger than 
guys in cowboy hats because Pinky stood out there when they were protesting, you know, animal cruelty in LA and stood mm-hmm. on the side of stock contractors, stood on the side of rodeo athletes. They stood when they were trying to shut down pony rides. These aren't sad, miserable parking lot ponies. This is a nice facility they have in Southern California that kids have been going to for years. And that was their first introduction to the horse. And you had people that had no idea what was going on. If you look at the interviews of people, and, if, and in fact, I think they did a, a, um, a video where they were asking people about it. And it was like, look how sad those horses are. These horses are standing there licking their lips with a foot cocked. That's not sad. That's a relaxed horse. You know, it's, it's, nobody understands. They don't. They don't. They don't know. They they get little snippets. They hear what they want to hear from their side alone, mm-hmm. and then they just spew nonsense. Yeah, you know, and kind of touching back, we're briefly talking about with you know social media and stuff like that. I think that is the greatest and the worst thing to happen you know, with our generation coming up and the next generations and stuff like that, because everything is so fast, all information is so fast, you don't have to research anything. So if I really had had it in my heart to do bad and to go and say, you know, something about a a topic I've known nothing about, if I have enough people who are willing to listen, I can spread so much misinformation that people won't try to Google, they won't try to go to I wouldn't, wouldn't even say Google because Google at this point is filled with so much misinformation if you don't find the right source. Like, so I can say something and then without them going to somebody who's uh, well-versed in that situation, in that industry, in that, uh, in that career field, they'll just go and believe this. And obviously people in the industry, they can still have their own personal opinions, right? But instead of going and, and saying, well, I know this guy kind of believes on this, this way of thinking. I know this guy believes this way of thinking. And listen to both sides and try to form an opinion based off that. They just go by, oh, well, you know, Jared said this, so it's got to be true. So that means I'm going to share it with all of my, you know, 100 people that I'm friends with. And they share it with their 200 people. And then you're fighting a losing battle because the misinformation has such a head start over the truth. Well, a good example of that is Rowdy and I, we have... Uh, out of all of our followers, we have a handful of few people who are just devout. Uh, do you have a handful of people that are just devout followers? Yeah. We could say whatever we wanted to say. Like, it's a slippery slope. We could honestly say whatever we wanted to say, and our core group would lap it up. Mm-hmm. No, we don't do that. Because, I mean, for one, that's wrong. And it's very easy to be in a position to where you – that's why – we're called influencers because we can influence people with our opinion and -hmm. make it seem like fact. I also feel like you two guys and a lot of the content creators out there. Also, if you put out a piece of information that you wholeheartedly believed and then, you know, did some more research or got another opinion on it and really look more into it. And let's say you were wrong or a part of it was wrong. You guys, are humble enough to go and say, hey, listen, I put out this video a couple of days ago. Part of it was true. Part of it wasn't. I found out some more information. This is what's going on versus a lot of guys would, you know, would just put that out. And like you said, what it is, 
I, I know my followers are going to eat it up. So there's no sense in me. Or I, maybe maybe it's their opinion of I don't want to be looked at as the person that was wrong. You know, I've already said it. So I don't want them to look down on me because I'm admitting that I made a mistake. And I Ellie. feel like you guys, you guys would admit that you made the mistake and put out the correct information after the fact. No, you can look well, at this every... is a very light, like this is very it's kind of a comparison, but for example, today I put out a video talking about my disability. And there are a lot of people that have pretty big followings, a lot bigger than mine that have cerebral palsy. And a lot of people on TikTok don't know what CP is. So I put a video out talking about it and I had to put a disclaimer on there be out of kind of more fear than anything. And I had to tell people, hey, just so y'all know, I'm not talking for everybody. I'm talking about how this affects me and me only. So the information that I'm giving you all, take it with a grain of salt because it's how it affects me, but not everybody else. Because I just know, and just in general, that some people will take that information as it is foolproof and that's how it is for everybody and everything. And then that can just create more issues. So just out of fear, I had to be like, hey, just so y'all know, this is just a me thing. Well, I run into it a lot because I deal with a lot of historical facts in a lot of my videos when I do the, the breedline videos. So, you know, you, you, you look at six or eight, sometimes 10 different sources and try to pick up on the things that those sources kind of have in common. And you can usually take that as remotely fact because a lot of the stuff that I, I end up having to deal with wasn't stuff that was officially documented. You know, especially like some of these match race horses in like the 30s and 40s that were quarter horses. There's very few records kept of that. You know, somebody got a you know a, a slip from a fairground. You know, and that was that was the the proof. You know, you know 90 years ago or whatever. So I end up if you look at most of those videos, if you look at the pinned comment in most of those videos, it's me redacting something. Because, you know, somebody's prevented, I mean, or presented a uh, new piece of information. And if I look into it and it's right, then, man, I wholeheartedly, hey, no, this is, I made a mistake here, you know. My but, favorite thing to do, though, when I see your videos is to go through the comments. I'll be honest with you, Ryan, I love you to death, but half the time I don't watch your video. I just go and watch the, the <laughs> arguments in the comments. Because oh, yeah. I, I swear, especially if you're talking about like, for example, you've talked about a style of riding and if you're, or you've talked about a specific piece of equipment for your saddle or whatever, everything just breaks loose in your comments. People just arguing back and forth and just it goes on. I swear, dude, you'll have sometimes more comments than you will likes on some of your videos because people are just going at it. They, yeah, I, well, I've, looked at, I've looked at a couple of them too, and I, I do the same thing, and I know very little about the industry you know the little bit that i've hung out with ryan and and, and work with his horses with him i know very little about the industry but even still i have enough common sense to start looking at one of his videos and something that he says in there the way that he says it i'm like i've got to go to the comments because i know <laughs> i know that this is going to start controversy in the comments well i tell people all the time i don't i'm not what you would consider an eloquent person if you want eloquent and the same information go see teddy over on his channel or go see sarah the rare buckaroo you know um if you just want uh some guy with mush mouth you know telling you about horses then i'm your guy um you know i, I there's been times where the wording i have to cho choose chose 
That's chosen. Yeah, yeah chosen. chosen. There we go. See, there we go. Um, has uh, really come back to bite me. And, you know, I mean something completely different, but it comes out, you know, whatever. But you'd be amazed, though. For one, you take a very toxic industry anyway, and then give them just a little tidbit that they can run with. Oh, man, it's like, it's like throwing gas on a fire. And my comments say, do you know who Garanthum, Garanthum is on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. His comment section is just off the chain. I'm, I'm starting to really feel like daddy flannel here. Starting to really feel like Garanthum in my, with my comment sections, because sometimes I can have 300 comments and it's just people ripping each other's throats out. I was warned uh, by a good friend of mine, you know, when I had talked about, you know, I want to expand my channel a little bit and not just do fit checks. So I was going to start posting more about my, my team roping journey. And they warned me straight up. They said, Hey, you need to know that your comments could get a little chippy because you might have some weekend warriors come in there yep. and like try to start giving tips and people like not even knowing exactly where you're at on your journey or knowing your skill level. They'll try to start telling you what to do. And other people will argue and you're not even involved with it, but you just need to know that that's what you're might be in for. Listen, you're going to get a, a 12 year old and some guy in his sixties that's never won anything. And they're going to try to rip each other's throat out in your comment section. Mm -hmm. well, I, had a, I had a 15 year old argue with me today and it wasn't even about anything. I had, I had worn a hat. I was at church and I was wearing a hat and, the kid was arguing with me saying, well, I was raised this way, blah, blah, blah. And I said, buddy, I went to school and graduated from college with a ministry degree. I think I'll be all right. And then he starts retracting his statements. And he was like, man, for being such a respectful person, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe you're 22 years old and arguing with a 15 year old. And I'm like, so you come into my comment section, trying to start issues. And then as soon as I put you in your place, you start arguing back with me. And I yeah. ended up blocking the kid, but mm -hmm. it's like, just all of a sudden, it's just, you just get random people. And as soon as you say something that's productive back to them about what they say, then it's like they start retracting things and it just creates more argument. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, you know, and I kind of went down a rabbit hole. I was doing these. Uh, everybody kept sending me these uh, extremely line bred horses mm -hmm. and they're like, make videos about them. It's funny. And so I did a few and apparently one got back to the owner. Yeah. Mm. And it was obvious that this horse was extremely line bred um, and very flashy, colorful horse. And then they were like, all you had to do is ask me. I didn't think somebody like you and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, hold on. This is tongue in cheek. You know, I mean, why are you, why are you so angry? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, it and it, honestly, that brings us full circle with our industry is we couple in a lot of newcomers coming in um the we are we are cool again you know uh women love us and men want to be us um right now in the world uh until yellowstone gets canceled or whatever and and then we're back to oh oh yeah i forgot that they, they exist you know but you know we got the young people coming in and it, it seems like 95 percent of them are full of piss and vinegar and then you've got the old crowd who's still full of piss and vinegar and they butt heads the industry is already just toxic we eat our own like crazy and now we bring in the um i'll use a kind word we'll, we'll bring in the the gunsels 
and they get thrown into the middle of it and they don't know what to make of it. They just want to go dance on Saturday night. It has, it's like a hurricane. I think it's dangerous, but here's a really good question. And I think is worth everybody chewing on somebody that I work really closely with, you know, cause we were talking about, you know, what I do and what my content's about and everything. And they kind of proposed the question, what are these people going to do that, you know, they dress up in the Western fashion and everything and whatnot. What, what are they going to do? Like once that trend kind of goes away, because it hadn't been until the last six months where like the Western stuff got really big on TikTok. Like obviously you had your, the ladies whose Western fashion was awesome and then guys got into it and everything mm-hmm. like that. But like, what are these people going to do that, you know, once their that trend kind of goes away? Hop on the next one. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't want to be like, we, we seriously have Western and they're not, uh, they're not industry people, but we seriously have Western fashioned influencers, influencers that now have a house like it's MTV. And I'm not going to call any names because I'm not going to pick on those guys. It was more power to them. You know, they're, they're killing it. But that's a thing. How, where do I sign up for that? I'll bring a horse. Well, and, that, and that's just something I've kind of struggled with too. And Ryan, I've told you this, like, I, I don't do trends. Like I've done maybe one or two on my page and y'all can scroll all the way through and find them. But I'm trying to put genuine content out there about my journey and everything like that. I just, since I don't do some of the trends, I just don't, I'm just not as big. Yeah. So well, and- it's, just, it's just wild to see somebody that just, We'll throw an outfit on, do some dances, and then all of a sudden they're traveling the states. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's is that's the problem too, is that so you know, y'all's content is pure. Like, I mean, I I think Ryan jumped on a trend that sp- was supposed to have a dance with it, but he didn't do the dance. He just had the, you know, the music in the background and stood there, you know, with with whatever on um after it. But it's I, I would much rather don't get me wrong. I enjoy watching the people do the, the dance trends and all that yeah, stuff, whatever, but, sure. but at some point it gets like TikTok and social media is so saturated with it. At, at some point you're just kind of like this again, I've watched six, seven, 10 of these videos in a row. Like let's see somebody with some original pure content. That's about their now, life, what they're going through and stuff like that. I'm going to stop you right now. I'm going to let you finish, but first. <laughs> all right, Kanye. I'm going to let you finish, but some of these, I, I'll be honest with you, I could watch over and over, like, the in a minute, I'm going to need a... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, can, I can watch the girls do that one all day. Now, if, there, <laughs> if, now, if there's somebody, if there's a creator who jumps on trends but also has a lot of original content, I don't mind it. But if you go to somebody, I'm the type of person that, you know, especially, so specifically TikTok, your For You page, you'll come across somebody's video that happens to be popular at the time. So if it's something that I'm interested in, whether it be political or dance or whatever like that, I'll click on their profile and go and look at some of their other content. So if all of their stuff is just trendy stuff or they're just, you know, not doing anything that's really worth me viewing it, then I tend to not watch it again, you know. But if somebody's going through and has original content, they're talking about other stuff, they have a lot of different things that they're bringing to the table, you know, I might favorite that video you know, so that way it keeps popping up. And then as I watch more stuff, I'll follow them and stuff like that. So I would rather watch somebody who has that pure content. That's okay. If I get on a trend, that's not my whole image. 
you know what I'm saying? I have something to me other than the newest dance trend or the newest um, sound clip that I can post something to. Well, and, and I want to, I want to, I want to reiterate something for the audience, especially when it comes to Rowdy and I, we're not jealous of other people's success. In fact, we are happy for other people's success. Um, That's not it at all. It's just, it's hard to for you know we look at wanting to better our industry as a whole and we see people that aren't really doing anything for the industry and and they're getting all the all the clicks and and that's fine i mean you know people like what they like people are allowed to like whatever they like man and and i'm all for it that's you know what makes where we live so great is you're allowed to like whatever you like and if you ain't bothering anybody else with it then go do it but i know so many content creators and i'm not saying me whatsoever but i guys like rowdy people like sarah and teddy and you know uh jd and and all of those guys why they don't have a million followers i don't understand you know that one of the few that do is my friend kayla and that's uh half and badass out in california you know macaroni with the chicken strips huh? her damn it, I, Flynn. damn it Flynn I you know I love Kayla and I am so happy for her and she is one of those that deserves a million followers it's just wholesome really good content and it's not trendy it is it is it's just her being her you know and she's got 1.2 million followers she is the rarity because there's so many other really good content creators and they're struggling around that 25 30k mark well, you know, I think part of the reason I don't, I haven't taken off is because there, there's a few things I could do to probably take off, but it would be to my own shame. Uh, I could really lean into my disability and be like the rest of the crippled people that create content on TikTok. I love how you it. put that. I could just be like the rest of the crippled people. Well, I mean, it's, it's the honest truth. Like, I know. I'm sure you guys have scrolled past those people that just all their content is their physical abilities and i i started this kind of as a joke and you know i i love the people that do tiktoks for a living and all that but i do this for fun i mean and i think that's because i i don't take it as seriously as other people do maybe that's why i'm not as successful as others because i'm not out going and buying a 600 hundred dollar camera i'm filming on my iphone 12 like that's yeah. at least you I got a 12 yeah, I mean, I, I finally got a stand for my phone that was given to me, which I'm yeah. so thankful for because it helps with my filming. But normally I've been just putting my phone up against the wall and pressing record. Like, I don't even have any drafts. Like, yeah. you could look at my TikTok and I don't have any drafts. I wish I could say that. I've got full of stuff that I know would like the comment section on fire, so I don't post it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I just, and I've, and I've always, and some of my best friends have always just been like, be true to yourself and don't turn into something that you're not or somebody you're not because we'll call you out on it. Yeah. So well, I try to always just remember the people that like were there when I had a hundred followers, five followers, whatever, my friends, because if, if social media goes away, rowdy is still going to be rowdy. Like okay. I don't, I don't want to be remembered for being the gimpy cowpoke. I want to be remembered for being rowdy Colton and the difference that I made in the world, not the, dance or whatever the heel kick or whatever that i did on tiktok i want to be known yeah. for being me that the hill kick was epic though 
<laughs> hey, it's still a thing, dude. It the, is the hill thing. kick is off. There's a guy, and he's all over different social medias. Um, he's huge on TikTok too, and I don't know, I don't really know his affliction. Um, he's wheelchair bound. Um, I would say it's a severe disability, um, head to toe. Um, mm. and he does some really funny, funny, funny content. Like you can tell he has problems with his motor skills and his hands. Um, uh, every can't walk everything else. But even though his disability is part of his content because he's, you know, almost completely disabled, it is not his content. It's him mm-hmm. reacting to, you know, everyone else's content. Mm. And it's hilarious because he doesn't take it too serious and he's not just using his disability as a crutch, you know? And to me, that takes more, um, man, that takes, you know, more gravitas than, you know, than, 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 and I couldn't blame anyone as someone who is not disabled. I couldn't blame anyone, honestly, if, if they did lean into it, you know what I mean? Mm. But I, I think there's a line there with disabilities, afflictions, illnesses, things like that, that a lot of people, they don't just flirt with and cross. They jump over it. Oh, know? yeah. They, that, they take it by a mile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we and speaking of like speaking of taking stuff, can we start hashtag get rowdy a girlfriend? <laughs> Dude, hey speaking of that man i had a date that i had planned out and girl canceled on me you got ghosted i did not well yeah i did get ghosted because we texted about it last night and then i haven't heard from her so i did get ghosted but you ought to make another video here pretty soon ryan where you stitch me again and talk about you, you need to get me a girlfriend or something like that because last <laughs> time you did that i got some pretty good interaction there we go i need to there i need go. to send i need to send some of them you know that i need to send some of horse daddy's girls over to the gimpy cowpo. I, has... fo- I know your followers like that, but I will never call you that. <laughs> you know, that has um that has taken a mind of its own. So I uh, I'm doing an ad swap um by the way with the rancher podcast. Also, guys, I'm telling you, if you're listening to me, I know you love podcasts. So you need to go check out the rancher. Austin is amazing over there. Uh you've probably already heard the commercial at the beginning of the show. So Austin did his uh ad swap he wrote his own ad for me and i wrote an ad you know uh he wrote my ad and i wrote his ad Mm. kind of so i wrote i mean i read what i wrote and he read what he wrote but when i read what he wrote it was just very you know it was just what i do you know i mean i was like man that's good very eloquent whatever when it gets to the actual ad so i I, I said oh rancher's got a new episode you know let me listen to it it pops up you know, something along the lines of is, uh, he's the horse king of TikTok and also known as the horse daddy of TikTok. Mm. I lost it. I lost it. it was, I laughed so hard. And you know what, though? More power to him. <laughs> that is just, awesome. Uh, I can't do it, man. As soon as I saw it, I was like, of course, this man would run with that name and just. <laughs> I'm just so glad that I came up with my own disabled name before anybody else did. <laughs> because 
if I if I'd have just kept my regular TikTok name that I had before the Gimpy Cowpoke, I can only imagine the terrible things that would be in my comments for what my TikTok name should be. Oof, oof. My DMs are pretty rowdy. My DMs my, are you. My 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 DMs are not. My DMs are very empty, but I'm okay with that right now. Mine are you? Yeah, but your comment sections are so thirsty. It's the same people though. It's the same. <laughs> they're consistent. I will say they are. There, it's nice that they're consistent that I'm there. So that way, if I'm if I'm feeling it bad, I just know that that one lady that I'm probably never gonna actually talk to, she's gonna be there to tell me how handsome I am. They're, they're <laughs> persistent and consistent. Yes, there you go. Very much. That's me, man. Listen, if there was a run on people's aunts and grandmas, listen, I'd be set. Apparently, aunts and grandmas love me. Lord help it. It's something <laughs> else. It is something else. Like, I don't know. Like Roddy can tell you, this is um, it's fun. It is uh, it's cool being, I guess that guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's a dark side to it. It's kind of depressing at times. I will say, I think when I see these comments for for a while, I was like, I got really excited, but. There was there was one gal that what she said kind of gave me a slap in the face to make me realize this. So I had a girl flirt with me in my on my comments. So I messaged her and everything. She's a cute gal and everything. So I gave her my Snapchat and all that. And I said, so, hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. We got in the conversation. Come to find out she straight up told me, oh, I was just flirting with you for fun. I really just want to be friends with you. And I, was like, <sighs> and I at that point, I was like, OK, so when when these girls comment on my stuff, which I, I appreciate, you know, I'm never going to hate on that. But I yeah. can't take that as I can't take it too seriously because it is an app, you know. You just got to take it with a grain of salt. But at that point, it really hit me. I was like, dang, OK. This this was the reminder that I needed to not believe everything that's in my comments when they're trying to gas me yeah, up a little bit. Yeah, tell me, tell me that's just not full circle right there. And that's the Western industry as a whole right now. Everybody, everybody just wants to flirt with it. Nobody wants to put in the work. They just want to be friends with it. Yeah. Everybody that's just wants great. to be yeah, everybody just wants to be friends with our industry. That's mm. so the <clears throat> so the Western industry is that girl that gets you to buy her a drink at the bar, but you have no shot with her is that what i'm what i'm reading kind of thing uh, of no, how some no, people no, no, are, are well, treating it no, well i want to say the western industry is somebody who you've known for a really long time but neither one of you is really sure if you're wanting to go head on with this like you've kind of flirted with each other you've spent a little bit of time together you're really interested you want to get to know that person a little bit more yeah. But you're you're not really sure if you're ready for that commitment. Yet. You, you, you okay, might have got you, you. you might have got really drunk once and, and went a little too far with the industry, but then woke up the next day and realized that was not what you wanted. Because mm. yeah, a lot okay. of times in the industry, like just just to say to go off the drunk comment, I mean, you can get a guy that can go to a jackpot and he'll spend a couple thousand dollars to go to that jackpot. And it's his first jackpot. And he feels like, oh, man, this is great. He spends all that money to get in wins absolutely nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. and oh. you know if you're not like consistent jackpot goer that's that can be a real punch in the gut i mean obviously people know when you go to jackpots you either win or you lose but then those people that are brand new to it that could be a real punch to them after investing that much money i always tell people that my farm here should be a 
a nonprofit organization because we're just we're just money added everywhere we show. That's all we are. Our fees are just money added because we're not gonna want them back. <laughs> but but no, I you know back to the industry. It is it is great to see the industry growing. I'm I'm here for it. I love it. You know, you go to events like Road to the Horse and you see, you know, four sixes there and stuff like that, which, which is great. We know four sixes has a long history in the industry producing some blind horses. But I saw this huge line, you know, at the four sixes booth, bigger than anywhere else. And I know what that's from. You had people that were there just to go to that booth, did not know anything about what's going on because of television. Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm sitting here with a four sixes hat on, but it, you know, I mean, and it's great. It's great that people are coming in, and you know, the the fashion folks are always going to be able to tell. You're going to be able to tell a hand from fingers. You're you're always going to be able to know. But again, so, I hate to keep harping on that. I don't want to gatekeep, but it it does get slightly annoying some days. So, so what? What would you say would be the difference between, so if you're a, a big company who has a longstanding t- tradition with Western apparel or tech or whatever like that, um, and you haven't made the jump to, you know, partnering with television shows or movies or, or content creators or whatever, I feel like where, where's that fine line for them to go past traditional without them feeling like as a company they've sold out to, this is what's happening right now, this is what's popular Let's jump on this bandwagon. Well, I think as a company, you can never, you can never look at yourself as selling out or not, because at the end of the day, your sole purpose is to make profit. And it is to put your brand out in front of as many people that are willing to buy it as possible. And if that's the guy in the cul-de-sac or the guy in the rope and pin, it should not matter. Their money Mm -hmm. spends the same from a business standpoint. I mean, that's how you've got to look at it. Yeah, I, I, I would equate it to, so like in our area, there's a lot of uh, large areas of land that have been in, you know, family for generations and stuff like that. So you have an uh, older gentleman or an older wife that still has his land that they won't sell because they want it to stay in the family and all this. But then the younger generation that's coming up, their kids or grandkids or whatever they're like, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't know the first thing about farming or tending to land or growing crops or anything like that. So they're not looking at the thing of, you know, how hard, you know, the family had to fight for this or the traditions that they had on that land, as far as them farming it or raising cattle or whatever the case is, they're just looking at, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm selling out of this. And I say that to say this is I feel like a lot of the companies that have the longstanding traditions those that remember that when they first started or had stories from their parents or grandparents of when that company first started, they're dying out. So the, the only way for them to continue to be a company is to reach out to the younger generation to make sure that that's continuing to go. So I feel like for them to not, whether they consider it selling out or not, to go and get with content creators, with guys that create uh, podcasts with uh, television and movies and stuff like that for them to not reach out and get their brands and stuff out there to continue that to continue on whether it's going to be somebody who's actually into all that into ranching and everything or somebody who's just going to wear the apparel either way is getting your name out 
So if you don't go that route, then how long can you sustain that? And like you said, make profit as a company if you're not reaching out? Well, you know, I think the Western industry or the really just the farming, ranching, horse industries as a whole could really take a uh, a page from the hunting and fishing community. Because hunting and fishing for years were behind everyone. And then all of a sudden you saw every other YouTuber that was doing anything remotely hunting or fishing related had a hunting and fishing sponsor. Then guys are going out, stepping and creating their own brands. And we're starting to see that. We're starting to see guys create their own brands. And those are the brands that are really popular right now are the young guys that have went out there in, in the Western industry and have created their own brands. You know, we see that with, uh, with slap dicks. We see that with Lane Frost brand. We see that with, you know, a, a million others. Um, there's so know. many different hat brands nowadays. Yeah. Like there's a hat brand that I'm working with right now. It's Rowdy Handco. Like it's, there's, there's literally so, like hats are a big thing nowadays. And that's how people have almost gotten a jump into the Western industry is through ball caps, which is such yeah. a simple mm-hmm. thing, but it's, you got, I think businesses kind of look at who they're trying to reach and I think that's the big thing too, is what, who is their target audience? Like you look at Ariat, Ariat's working with the house with all those dudes and like Ariat is really trying to grow their company. And those were the right guys for them because those guys blew up quickly. And, and Ariat, all, all the Ariat stuff. Yeah. And Ariat, to be quite honest, when it comes to Ariat as a whole, only a, a portion of them is in the Western world. Mm. I mean, you know, Ariat is a, a broad-ass company that uh, has just as much to play uh, in the English world as they do in the Western world. I would almost say Ariat's more prevalent in just construction and oh, just your brew-collar yeah. jobs, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you see uh, a lot of Ariat workwear now. Their their boots are popular, you know, and they got started, the the, the ladies that started Ariat, and it was started by, by ladies, they worked for Reebok. And wanted to bring Reebok technology into a boot, and you know they named it. I'm so glad you said Ariat correctly, by the way, because I was after- I was going to irritate you and say it yeah. the incorrect way, but well, because I, it's, it's named after Secretariat Ariat, right? Um, I mean, and just you know, just Rowdy's like got a saying, smirk on his face. Like- <laughs> um, you know, just like you were saying, I mean, bringing that into the the work the workplace and stuff like that. I've got two or three pair. I had two or three pair, and probably you know some of the most comfortable boots I've ever you know, I've ever worn kind of thing. Um, and just to bring it into, uh, you know, outside of just a specific niche industry and to broaden your horizons and things like that, um, is, is the right move for a lot of, a lot of people. I, I think that with, with you guys industry and, and just, you know, the horse community in general, because it's not, it's popular in its little, you know, pockets, but it's not, you know, full blown, you know, outside of everyone seeing your Yellowstone and stuff like that. It's still relatively niche. Right. You know, so it's the thing of it'd be different if you had like, you know, a a lot of fads and trends and stuff start because somebody who is in the spotlight is always wearing it. So if you look at um, sneaker heads and guys who wear a lot of ball caps and stuff like that, more than likely, if it's not a specific team that they're following that's on that cap, it's because their favorite ball player, their favorite artist or whoever like that is always wearing that specific brand 
And so they feel like no matter how expensive that thing is, you can, you can go out and buy a hat that's for whatever reason, three, $400 pay rent, you buy food for the week, but because you want to have this specific look, you go out and wear that. And should they cater to that to a point and make people make, not necessarily make people make, but uh, have people make uh, bad financial decisions as far as fashion, maybe not. But at the same time, everyone's an individual. They have to do, you know, what they want to do. But I feel like if you guys had a bigger um, audience to where you had, you know, those 10, 15, 20 people who were just world known everybody knows them and they start wearing specific brands that's you know they're sponsored by them they always wear them to their concerts their shows you know their rodeos whatever the case is and you start getting a lot more people industry or not they become the face of that and it's like man let me go and check check them out well they've got a budget here let me start with this oh well they make a really good product let me you know invest a little bit of money and and go and buy something that's a little bit better quality better made that's going to last me three four five years I did, a go- did, did a ghost just open your door, Rowdy? It was the, I, I called the end of that. That was my mom. Okay. Yeah, that okay. was my mom. She was saying Hi, mom. They, you know, the, the crazy thing is, uh, and you've got a, a good point there, Jesse, and it's something I need to do. I'm going to mail a horse daddy t-shirt to Dale Brisby. <laughs> if he wears that, Ryan, if he wears that, I will do something for you. I don't know what it will be, but if he actually wears that and you can give me proof that he wears that, I will do something for you. Dale, Dale Brisby and a horse daddy shirt going, you ain't no cowboy. Oh, man. Or That'd be epic. At Radiator Ranch, hanging out with J.B. Mooney like he does all the time. You know, and I figured out what that guy's, like, actual name is, too. Oh, Dale Brisby. I had a guy uh, yeah, my followers reached out to me. I I did know it and I forgot it. He was a bronc rider, pretty good bronc rider too. Yeah, and then Leroy is his biological brother. Brother, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like Clint something. Yeah, it's Clint. I can't remember, but yeah, he was a pretty good bronc rider. Looks, you know, and you see him when he was bronc riding, he looks nothing like Del Bridge. Oh yeah, today. clean cut dude with clean shaven face. All oh, that yeah, stuff. and uh, yeah, Del Brisby and uh, Leroy uh, mm-hmm. Gibbons are actually biological brothers. Um. But I tell you what, they're good people. I, th- I think those two dudes is what really kicked off like the social media, like cowboy. I, I will say, Dale Brisby, I watched a video of him the other day of like he had an intern that was hung up and Dale hopped in there and was getting the crap beat out of him. And I have a whole new respect for Dale Brisby. Dale, Dale's cowboy. No, and- Dale is a real cowboy. Don't <laughs> oh, let him yeah, fool for you. For sure. And I know a lot of people may question it, but I watched that video the other day. I need to find it and send it to you. But I was like, dang, that's a real deal right there. But well, I they, they were the ones that kicked it off to be a social media, like Western person. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you another one too, that, uh, you know, that Leroy or Leroy Gibbons, um, it's not a bad singer. Oh no, I love it. I love it. I love his stuff. Yeah, if I don't call, oh my gosh, that's a good song. He's got a great voice. Listening to it today. And then you got all of a sudden you've got uh, Cody Johnson with Corb Lund and um, uh, Dale Brisby on a track. Mm -hmm. With with, uh, Cowboy Scale of one to ten. Yeah, and wasn't wasn't Baxter Black on there too? Wasn't Baxter Black? It was. uh, 
he had what was the what was the name of the kid Ledoux Ledoux's on there. We had Ned Ledoux, and I think at the end of it, when it Baxter Black, it was that, uh, Red Steagall. Red Steagall, that's right. That's who it is. So it's a pretty yeah. pretty neat little cast. I mean, you got yeah, you had Corblund, Ned Ledoux, um, Red Steagall, and Cody Johnson on one track with uh Dale, Dale Brisby. I mean. Yeah. Come Jesse, on. I don't know if you're much of a country music fan, but you need to listen to it because it's it's cool. Like it's, it's a cool song. It's a cool yeah. song. Uh, Ryan, send send me the uh the name of that. I I I'm a fan of any music that's good. I can listen okay. to uh any. As a matter of fact, he suggested a couple artists to me the other day because um <clears throat> I like Chris Stapleton went to his concert when he came to uh Columbia. Yeah, Enjoyed I told you to check out uh Tyler Childers and Whiskey mm-hmm. Myers. Yeah, so I am a fan of I am a fan of good music. It doesn't matter right. if it, now my my specific genre that I that I uh, primarily listen to is uh, rap and hip hop. But I mean, I'll listen to rock, metal, um, jazz, blues, country, uh, bluegrass. If it's good, if it's got a story to it, and and just it, my biggest thing is so maybe not necessarily with with some forms of hip hop. Um, Cause a lot of it is just, I just want to hear a, a good beat and just kind of bop my head to it as I'm working on yeah. something. But if I can listen to it and especially storytelling music and you can hear the emotion be- behind the singer that's singing it and you can tell that there's emotion behind that story, whether it's made up or not, is it, you know, based on true events kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. That's why I love a lot of old nineties hip hop that from the streets type music because guys were just pretty much telling about their their youth growing up i love that. oh yeah in nwa man like i know y'all wouldn't look at me as the type of person to listen to nwa but that they're obviously their music's kind of you know it's a little strong for certain audiences but like their storytelling of yeah. it it's like for the time mm-hmm. that they had all their stuff it was like and even like we were talking about earlier 50 cent like i know a lot of people hate on 50 cent for just who he is but he has really good storytelling songs. I like 50 his Cent. life in general. Well, and mm-hmm. I think too, that's why everybody will always throw and they go, you know, who is one of the best hip hop artists. Man, we have been all over the place tonight, but screw it, we'll just roll with it. But when you, you it's hard to when you start going over the best hip hop artist of all time and not throwing a guy like Eminem in. Oh yeah, he's an amazing storyteller, and okay. and an amazing artist. You know what I mean? It's just nuts. Yeah, you know? you know, and my big thing is anybody can go out there and just do something i mean we'll go back full circle with you know content creation right is that anybody can go up there and throw together a video right but then when you look at somebody's stuff especially when they're doing series of stuff or they're going through a storytelling of you know the process they're going through with learning something or whatever the case is or even with music um some of these guys that literally their entire album like each song is different it has different beats to it and different tempos and stuff but if you listen to the album as a whole from start to finish yes it's one big story and so, you're just like how much creativity goes yeah. in? and i have a lot of respect for that i do too and you know uh, an artist that comes to mind and uh just you might know rowdy I, I don't know if you will know them or not but they are notorious for telling an entire story in an album and that's coheed and cambria Mm-mm. And oh my gosh, yeah, um, amazing storytellers. But I, you know, I'm like you. I like uh, if it's good music, I like it. Um, 
I'm a history nerd, so if there's a Sabaton song on, I'm gonna be all about it. You know. I, I wanted I wanted to ask Rowdy a question real quick since you're you know um graduate with your ministry degree and stuff like that. Um I know in my area there's a lot of older in the older generation that look down on some of the churches that are going away from traditional, you know, church or ministry music and going into more of the new age, whether it be soft rock or rap or whatever like that. Um, so one, what is your feeling on that as far as as far as that's concerned? And two, kind of going back to what we're talking about with your industry and we were talking about earlier before we started recording is if it if it means that it's bringing in another audience that might enjoy that industry or enjoy that what you're trying to put in front of them, what, where's your boundary as far as, like I said before, sticking with that tradition and keeping it quote unquote pure or branching out and experimenting and try to bring in a fresher audience? Yeah. So to answer your first question, man, I'll just be real with you. I, I personally don't care the kind of music that a church is doing. I'm more concerned about like, are they biblically based? Right. It's one of those things where it, you could look at this just within like the Western community, but with churches, it's, there's a lot of nitpicking and, you know, are, are the things that are the crucial parts of the church? Like, are you biblically based? Are you, you know, are you reading from the Bible, all that kind of stuff. But then all that is just, the rest of the stuff is just your presentation. Right. And then, so you could relate that to the Western industry of, are you doing the core things that you're supposed to be doing? Are you training your horse? Are you feeding your horse? a healthy diet, whether that be whatever you're feeding them, but are you feeding them, riding them, doing all the core stuff, but then all that other stuff is just dressing. Right. And then to kind of answer your question about like the fresher audience, could you kind of specify what you mean by that kind of? Well, I, and, and I haven't been to a lot of, you know, horse shows and things like that, but the ones that I do remember seeing or the few that I've went to with, with Ryan, they were traditional always, you know, somebody came out, it was either, you know, a very uh, aggressive, I guess is where I would use a uh, country song or, you know, some sort of rock song, something like that. But as we talked about before, you know, it's amazing now they're playing more hip hop and more, you know, kind of hard songs and things like that there. So is it is it that move from, you know, the older generation? And that's what they traditionally were used to hearing was the more um country or whatever was catered to that industry but now that you have a younger audience coming is it beneficial or is it the right move for them to start including hip-hop or metal or whatever they're doing at these shows or should they stick to the tradition because that's more or less what the industry has catered to for so long man i'm liking this move of playing like the more upbeat songs um i've never seen a crowd get excited about a jb mooney ride when they played a Cody Johnson song, I've seen them get excited about when they hear a bad to the bone. I was, they played a Venge sevenfold. I don't know if you guys know the name of that band, yeah. but they played a Venge sevenfold before the saddle bronc riding. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get a crowd excited and involved. If you're playing something that's laid back, you want the crowd to feel like they're a part of it. Yeah. So, you know, some rodeos will have the flashing lights and all that stuff. So for me, I'm standing way back here at a booth or something and I'm hearing, you know, ACDC Blair. And I'm like, okay, I'm about to get on. Like I'm getting hype. Right. So like there, you know, you, you always have these, 
the entertainment clowns, they sometimes kind of struggle getting the crowd to be involved. So I think that the simple move of just involving music that is more entertaining and gets the crowd a little bit more upbeat makes a huge difference at a rodeo or just at a horse event. Yeah. You know, I've got a, um, I, and I won't say he's a good friend. I, I know him in passing. He uh, announces a lot of NBHA shows, stuff like that, but he announces a lot of pro rodeo, Alan Moorhead. He travels out West uh, as an announcer. Daggum, good announcer, in my opinion, one of the best in the business. Um, but his son is also an announcer. But for years, his son used to be right there, man in the laptop doing music. And he brought his younger son because his younger son was in tune with the younger music and it would be uh, a lot of you know new age metal it would be a lot of uh real upbeat country that a lot of people would know and of course you would have mixed in you know chris ledoux and and you know all the old favorites and stuff but just like you were saying rodeo has turned horse shows as a whole i, I won't even I, I rode to the horse when some of those people were coming on performing you know uh, before they started working their colts and stuff. It's a light music show. I mean, it is bass thumping. The lights are flickering. It is. I mean, it's nuts. Like they are getting the crowds in it these days. Well, because you're, you're paying for a show. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. That's the great thing about rodeos nowadays is that, you know, obviously they've always kind of had like, artists come and play like after rodeos and all that kind of stuff people go dancing and all that but man i've been super impressed just the few rodeos that i've gotten to go to recently that the crowds i you can feel an energy like truly when you're in when you're in a dome or stadium or arena you can feel when the crowd is feeling it and you can also feel when the crowd is not feeling not, it. yep so like i went back to earlier you know you'll never hear a crowd get louder than when you hear bad to the bone. Cause you only think of one person when you hear bad to the bone yeah. and they're just, it's that music that turns people on. Like it's just, it's that music that you flip a switch and people are like, Oh yeah. You got the old timers in the back that are, you know, thinking about their old days and the kids that are just, they know what's playing. Like it's, it's an entertainment business now. Like, and that's not a bad thing. It, being in the entertainment business is not bad at all because you're bringing in so many different types of people. I love watching people walk around at rodeos because you'll see all different types of outfits. Yeah. And I'm a very observant person. So when you're able to bring in all those different walks of life to stuff like that, that's when your industry is going to benefit the most. Well, it was just like we were talking about before the show, the Blake Shelton and Pitbull um, mm -hmm. mashup Black Betty thing. Uh, I think it's called Get Ready to Ride or yeah. something like that. Yeah. When you hear that at a rodeo before a rough stock event and the lights go down a little bit and the lights are just in the arena, people are pumped. Like, you know, like if that comes on before, you know, bareback saddle bronc or something, oh, man, the roof's coming off of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it has changed. The industry has gone from the sport of uh your uh weird truck driving uncle to the sport of everyone and and that is one of the good things about you know the industry being more you know open these days and people coming in we're at a peak yeah you know, you know they, i i think and i 
can't remember which one of you brought it up and whether it was is on the recording or not. Um, I believe Rowdy, you brought it up. Um, but talking about how, you know, you see people on on videos on TikTok, specifically on Facebook, stuff like that, that they're just giving the look and they're not doing anything cowboy. Right. So there's there's a guy and I can't remember his name. I know he's on TikTok. There's a, actually a few guys that are, you know, black guys have dread, stuff like that. And, you know, they'll be doing a trendy dance or something like that. But if you go scroll through their videos that aren't as popular, you know, this guy's loading hay. He's, you know, riding a horse. He's doing this, that, and the third. So not only one is it, you know, bringing it to show that, like we were just talking about, it's open to everyone. Everyone can do it. It's not just a traditional, specific, you know, race or stature thing. Like anybody can get involved with this if they put the hard work in. Um, but unfortunately we still have in society that stigma of, you know, certain industries and certain things are based on race or based on how much money you have or who you know and things like that. So if you can start bringing in small things like the music or you do have those people who just don't care what society thinks about them and they're, you know, black guy, or Hispanic guy, or whoever is going to show up with their cowboy hat or, you know, the like, you're talking describing pinky earlier with i'm going to stop you right there because the hispanic guys just got us all beat well yeah but i mean but but what <laughs> I mean, I'm they saying do <laughs> they, they they do their, their fits are on point man they're, but, they are they're yeah that, that community you know, right there buddy but you know, but you know like i said it's the thing of if the more open that we as a, a society as a whole can make everything to everyone kind of thing and as long as we're helping people kind of self-police themselves and make sure that for the most part, the majority of it's positive. I'm all for it. Like if I, I worked at a grocery store a couple of years ago and they would allow us to dress up for Halloween. So I had a, uh, like a pair of square to square toe, Justin boots and one of those, like, don't, don't crucify me, but one of those, you know, Justin hats you get from tractor supplies, like 15 bucks or something like that. It was you cute. Know, Right. And so I, I went out with that and it was a part of it of just being like, I want to be as goofy as possible. But it was also a thing of like, I, I find myself as I get older doing a lot of things to kind of break stereotypes and things like that. Um, the reason I started growing my hair out and I'm trying to start dreadlocks is in my career, firefighting is traditionally, you know, it's run more or less like a military style organization as far as, you know, guys are clean cut all the time. They have a high and tight or some sort of hairstyle like that you're clean shaven the girls have to wear their hair up things like that and my thing of it is is what does my hair or my look or whatever have to do with my ability to do my job if it fit under a flash hood it shouldn't be anybody's business right and so it's the thing and i think that's and correct me if i'm wrong and you know rowdy with your content is you showing that even though I do have this disability that may work against me sometimes, I'm showing that I'm able to do this. I'm doing things the right way to the best of my ability and trying to be a positive influence for those who maybe they have my same disability. Maybe they don't. Maybe they have some other affliction or maybe it's just a mental thing of thinking that I can't do it because of whatever situation. But they see guys like you that's coming out and being positive with with their content and the way that they present themselves and live their lives. Maybe if that's one more kid that gets into it, you know, one more person that gets into it, you're doing a, a great deal for your industry. No, yeah. And, and that's kind of why it, it's not why I got into it. But as I gained a following, I was like, OK, well, this is a platform 
for people to feel like they can get into it because like I said, I grew up around it. So for me, it was normal. And my friends that were around me, it wasn't anything different to them that did rodeo and all that stuff. So they were like, Oh, this is just how rowdy is. But a lot of people are like that are like me want to get into it, but they're afraid to because they don't feel like they can, which is understandable because rodeo itself is kind of a physical sport, no matter what you do, but there are ways to be able to be a part of it. I mean, I'll stand there at my rope and dummy for hours, even though it pains me to stand there, I'll stand there for hours. So it's, it's about, if there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. I think it all, it all comes down to mindset of how bad do you want something? And are you willing to put your own insecurities and negative thoughts aside to reach that goal? Right. And I think that's where the, the rubber meets the road with a lot of, a lot of folks, like we were saying earlier, um, everyone wants to be friends with the industry uh, is if they want to take that next step and be part of it. You know, the, the amount of work that goes into it, just like your, your roping practice, that's work. That's a mm-hmm. lot of work. And then to take that and then mount a horse and do it from horseback is 10 times the work. That's why I'm not very good at it. Um, <laughs> you know, I've got my own thing going on and I'm too lazy to take on something else, but you know, it, it's, and I keep, I keep coming back to the, it's danged if you do, danged if you don't. You know, we, we, want, we want to encompass everyone, and we don't want to gatekeep. And we want to do the right thing by everybody. And I look at it as if out of the millions of people that are wanting to be friends with the industry right now, if one of them comes over and makes a career out of the industry and then passes that on to somebody else, we won. Mm-hmm. If it's just I, one I, person, we won. Because I, I think everything that we do is based on tradition. Every mm-hmm. single part of it, from my world to your world, uh, Rowdy, it's all based on tradition. And I think and somebody's going to keep that alive. Right. I think also if we foster uh, support within the industry and you know just life in general, kind of thing. Um, I, I don't like. I don't see myself ever being to you know, you guys level kind of thing. Have I shown an interest in learning about horses, things like that? Yes. I mean, Ryan knows that he's tried to get me, you know, learning how to ride a horse and stuff. He, he tried to get me to buy a horse when I lived in an apartment, which I still don't understand. Really? That was just a con and to get him to spend money <laughs> on me to buy, I get a horse. There right. You go. But you know, if, if people come into this, so if you go back to the people who are dressing the part, but they're not really involved. Right. But they, if they're showing some uh positivity toward the sport and toward the industry maybe that's their role is as a supporter being a voice or an advocate or something like that maybe they don't have the means or money location whatever the case is to actually get involved with it but if they can be that defense you know for for the people who are trying to do positive against those that are speaking negative about the industry you know maybe that's maybe that's their role i know not the first thing about the horse industry but I will support you guys doing something positive. You know, I'll support my friend Ryan for doing what he does with his podcast and with the horses and training and stuff like that. Rowdy, I'll support you with everything that you're doing, you know, because you guys are positive people. So if that's my role to be a supporter, whether or not I ever set foot, you know, in stirrups ever kind of thing, you know, if I can be that, that one more healthy voice towards positivity, that's what I'd like to be. And, and I'm pretty sure you guys would like more people to be able to do that. Well, because we can't do what we do without the people in the stands. 
the people in the stands are the reason we get to do what we like to do. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think from my point of view too, it's it, it's not just the people in the stands; it's the people that's participated in the dirt. Yeah. I've been very blessed to have the people that have been in the industry. Like I'm, I'm very close to getting to work with a multi-time world champion team roper, just because out of the goodness of their heart, they want to see me succeed. If you send me a picture of you and Trevor Brazil, I'm punching you in the throat. <laughs> oh no, it's not, it's not Trevor Brazil, but okay. it's just the fact that, well, and you know, I I've had people like ever since I had a video go somewhat viral the other day, I've had multiple team ropers be like, Hey man, I love what you're doing. And I'm, I want to see you succeed. Come rope with me. So there, there, there genuinely are people out there that want to see other people succeed. But like you pointed out earlier, Jesse, it's the news picks up on the negative people just, and that's on social media too. Mm-hmm. You will see more negative things than you will see positive. So mm-hmm. you'll see the negative side of the industry go bigger than you will see the positive side. But I think it's because it's also a lot of these cowboys that are humble people, they're not very outspoken. And that's no. not necessarily a bad thing, but they're not the people to go out there and be like, oh yeah, I went and helped this handicapped kid want to accomplish this. And so it's just, there are a ton of people out there that want to do good for the industry, but they're just kind of quiet people. Well, and that's a lot of the reasons why you you don't see many of us on my side of horse talk. And people on your side, which, I mean, you're thrown in there, too, because most of the people that follow me follow you. It's just that little section of TikTok there. You don't see a lot of those people really hitting hot button issues because it's not our style. It's not our speed. And it's not what we do. If you want that information, there's a million outlets for that. Mm -hmm. That's how we look at it. Well, that and I, I represent companies now, and I know that what these companies expect and I know what their standards are. So I never want to be the person to misrepresent a company. Yeah. And I also don't want to misrepresent my family most importantly. So I'm just like, I'm just going to do me and be as positive as I can. And the people that come and see that they're going to like it. But if, if they don't see it, they don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to even point out not just specifically y'all's industry, but also, um, you know, physically demanding industries, and I'm not going to knock on, you know, any other career field or anything like that, but specifically, like, I'm a, a firefighter by trade, and just like what you're saying with, you know, the guys who are very humble, they're usually not loud spoken. In a firehouse or in a fire scene, you can tell the guys, and I'm not saying that these guys don't have skills and things like that, but it tends to be the guys who are very loud spoken about issues around the department or they're hooping and hollering on the fire scene that they're the ones that are making the most mistakes or they're the ones that are bringing negative attention to their firehouse or to uh, the fire industry in general. It's the, the old heads or the guys who are kind of quiet. They go and do their job. They get the job done. They're, they're mentoring to the younger firemen and things like that. Um, is especially in a physically and mentally demanding sport or industry or career it's almost like those, yes, there are things you can learn from the aggressive guys and gals out there, but it's also the quiet ones that you're sitting there looking like, okay, there's chaos ensuing. And this guy hasn't said a word. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me go stand beside him and kind of, even if I can just hear him mumble something about what's going on, it might be a lesson that I can learn about how to avoid that chaos that's going on over here on my left, you know? Oh yeah. I, more times than not, I, I, 
would rather, if I'm at a rodeo, I'd rather go hang out with that old timer that's been around it and get his insight of, Hey, what do you think of this? And more times than not, if you're willing to ask that quiet person Mm -hmm. what they think, well, it's not just all quiet people, but if if you've seen that person and you know that they know things, but they just don't speak about it. If you ask them more times than not that they will open up a floodgate of knowledge to you. Oh yeah. That they're willing to share. They just, you just got to ask them. Oh yeah. And I think that's the big problem now too, is that people are afraid of asking the questions because of, like you said, there's so much toxicity, um, especially on social media, people asking genuine questions. It doesn't matter if that question has been asked a thousand times. I'm sorry. I'm not scrolling through 10,000 posts on a specific thing about if I, if I have an issue with my motorcycle, right. I'm not going to scroll through 10,000 posts to find the three guys that posted four years ago about that same issue. I'll even post, Hey, I apologize if this was posted before, but I'm having this issue and you'll have four or five positive things, you know, that people will post, but you always without fail have that one guy, you know, read previous comments or, you know, we'll pick at you or whatever like that, you know, it, and, and, and you know, honestly, I, I'm the worst at all because I, I genuinely I'm very blessed and thankful to like I get more positive comments than I get negative comments. Like I think I maybe had like five or six negative comments since I started TikTok, mm-hmm. but it's always those negative ones that just kind of pick at you. And you know, because you and it's bad to say this, but sometimes you get used to those positive comments and then you get that one negative one and you're just like. I got to say something. Mm-hmm. I got to say something. And, you know, but it's, it's like I told Ryan when I got into this and uh, it started building, I wanted people to be able to ask me questions about my disability or the Western industry without feeling like they're going to get attacked. Cause I feel like I've gained my following are people that kind of have the same mindset as me. They're not people that are douchebags for lack of a better word, but they're people that mm-hmm. care no, that's just that's just that's just what they are, because and you know it just and you see it just like I see it is you got a and it's it's a small group because as a whole most of us are very soft spoken and we're sort of matter of fact to the point. Sometimes some people know how to take that, but as a whole, we're all really good people. But the loudest voices are the most toxic. I happen to have a loud voice. I'm just not a toxic one. No, you're just not. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason the Western industry likes me so much because yeah. I'm a loud one that doesn't come across in the wrong way. Yeah. But no, you have people that, that comment for the, just to comment, mm-hmm. you know, and it is, you know, I, it used to bother me. I let it roll off like water on a duck's back these days, but somebody goes, this is stupid or why am I here? Why are you on my FYP? I don't know. What did, what did you do to the algorithm? Did, did I, I didn't pay to be on your page. I promise no, you that. No. Um, we, um, a, a good example is our other show. Uh, we, Jesse paid for some advertising through a Facebook. So we got bounced around and popped up on some people's feeds. Well, we paid for it. It's an app that sells advertising. Every comment was something nasty, you know, about, you know, why, why are you on my newsfeed? I don't want to see this. And I mean, there were pictures of, you know, people at Photoshop, you know, a dog crapping on a lawn and, you know, this is what I think of your, this is basically what your ad is. And, 
different things like that. And I, the older I get, the more sarcastic and butthole I become. And I started to comment back on all those, but I felt like it just, it wasn't worth it at that point. Like we actually, this is one of the recordings that I haven't released because we went in on these people, mm. um, you know, uh, screen names. and Because I feel like if you're going to go out in public and, and post a comment or whatever, I have no problem with calling you out. But I decided that it was in bad taste for the future of that podcast um, and any other projects that we did to not be that negative person back. But like you were saying, Rowdy, it, it gets to a point where you know, you get all this positivity about stuff and then you get that negative comment or that negative uh, someone says something negative to you and you're just like, man, you know, I, I've got I've got to say something back because you feel you feel like if you don't say something, then they've won. They've won the argument and you just can't let that stand. Mm. But at the same time, you're playing into what they want to have, which is an argument over something that's not worth arguing over half the time anyway. Yeah. What I've learned and what I've seen now is when I have gotten a few negative comments here and there, I have to remember that anytime that I get a comment, somebody had to take the time to click on my profile or something like that. So that's a click that I needed to help grow my page. There you go. So any comment is the algorithm is going to pick up the more comments you get. So you took the time to comment. So I, I kind of won on that one because you could have just scrolled on right past it, but you took the time to comment on what I posted. Well, what I don't understand about people is they will scroll past a hundred videos just because it starts off in a way that doesn't seem interesting to them, but then stop at something that they really hate that they should just scroll on past if they hate it that much and take the time and have it playing in the background the whole time they type a novel telling you why they don't like it. Oh yeah, man. I've, I've scrolled through comments before just on some videos that I knew were going to be, you know, kind of, you, you, you guys have seen it. Like you see a, a, a TikTok or whatever, and you're like, I know this comment section is about to be rough. And you go scroll through and you look at these things that people have, te- have typed in there and you're like, man, I wonder how many times this video is played over right as they as they typed it up like you just helped this person out by commenting what you did and a lot of times now people have gotten pretty smart or not smart but they have common sense and a lot of people will be like you realize you just did what they wanted you to do right thanks for the algorithm boost Mm -hmm. yeah i don't understand the people you'll see a couple comments i haven't seen a lot lately but same thing you see a video that you know it's just the the comment section is going to be fire you see somebody that the comment is like one of eight and i'm like seriously you type that much stuff on this video I, with I, this playing playing in the background yeah i tell people all the time like when they leave a novel i'm like i have no idea what you said i read the first part and it seems pretty good but uh you, you got the cliff notes you know, I'm, i mean i if, if you leave a novel in my comment section that is something i will comment on and it will just be me commenting i'm not reading that yeah, thankfully, most people, it's just the, the ladies that leave the hard eyes or the fellows that are like, good loop. But no, I mean, I, I'm very thankful and blessed that my following and people that may not even follow me yet, they, they come on and they say the positive things and all that kind of stuff. But I also just don't care to be a controversial person. Like, there's plenty of other negative people out there that if you want... If you want to follow somebody that'll put some hot takes out there and get your blood boiling, there's other people for there's, that. There's plenty of those. 
So I'm just here for one, my own entertainment. Cause if I didn't enjoy it, I'd delete that app tomorrow, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for other people as well. Cause I know that there's people out there that truly like what I post helps them get through their day, which means more than anything. You know, the, the best comments ever are those that go, thank you for that, man. That makes my whole day. I had, a, I, I had a mom reach out to me on uh, through a message. I followed her back because she wrote a really nice comment. And No, it wasn't a mom. It was like a sister or something. And she said, hey, I need you to know that my little brother uh, has CP, but he can't talk and he's bedridden for the rest of his life. And you following me made me ball my eyes out. And just the content that you put out is so inspiring and like, it gives other people with disabilities hope that there is life outside of what they struggle with. And it was, it was at that point too last week where I was like, man, I'm really tired of making content. And it was like, man, now I remember why I started this. I, I remember yeah. when you were going through your funk, cause I remember calling you Yeah, and you know, and I, I remember telling you that we've all been there. Like, yeah. it's just, dude, this is what we really want to do. You know? Then you got to make that choice that or grind it out, you know? And yeah, you know, and I come to the conclusion that I'm going to make what is fun for me. Mm -hmm. And I like doing the historical stuff from time to time. I like doing some inspirational stuff from time to time. And I like doing some funny stuff from time to time. I'm not going to just do one thing. I'm going to do the things that are fun to me. Because I can't hyper fixate on something. I I drone myself out and burn out and all this would go away. Yeah. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of followers or fans or whatever to keep me into this if I'm burnt out on it. Yeah. You know, so I have to keep it in. And and that's what I was telling you is you got to do it for you. You know, and I think you, and in the end, I think you made the, the right choice because you are a huge inspiration to a lot of people. You're an inspiration to me, you. you know, and I have um, no real disability other than epilepsy. And that's not really a disability, you know, it, it's more of a, a hang up, you know, and, but there's so many people that are a whole lot worse off in this world and they're still grinding they're still doing something they're doing something that means something to them and means something to other people and you're one of those people like i forget that you have an affliction i really do i forget that you have cp because i don't associate you with cp it's not your um it's not your 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 main character trait yeah i was you know? I was about to say that that's the one thing about his his content is that it, he doesn't allow that to define. They don't think of CP and then Rowdy. No, I and you I'll be honest with you, I'm only reminded of it when you do a video where you walk. Yeah, that's it. That's the only number. I was like, oh, yeah, Rowdy. Rowdy has CP. You know, I mean, because it's not to me, that's not Rowdy Colton. Rowdy Colton is not defined by cerebral palsy. Rowdy Colton is defined by this really cool ass guy that is making some really good content and is really helping our industry in a positive way. That's Rowdy Colton. Cerebral palsy be damned. Yeah. Not to mention he has a bad ass name for the Western industry. Rowdy Colton. That's a bull ride. That's a rough. Oh yeah. Y'all want to hear what my middle name is? It flows off the tongue. 
What's that? Okay. Ray. Rowdy Ray Colton. Oh, man. If you need to be playing at a dive bar, one of those chain link fences on the stage oh, yeah. with Rowdy Ray Colton. I said I have a name where it's like it would be somebody's stage name, not even like their actual yeah. name. But Rowdy yeah. Ray sounds like a stage name. Yeah. Rowdy Ray Colton, also known as yeah. doing right. business as Rowdy Ray Colton. Hey, it's epic, though, man. I like it. I could dig that, it. That I, rolls, I'm, man. I'm here for yeah. it, man. I, I put that up. I put that right up there with Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't even know how I feel about that. I don't know how much more conversation I can handle after that one, right? Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, we ran a little long, but, man, we touched on a lot of bases, and it was yeah, great. We went from Western influencers to the rodeo side to music choices to... Well, and it all kind of came full circle. You oh, know? Yeah. And it was... Um, I love it because, you know, and you get three of your really good friends or two for me two of my really good friends together in one room and we can talk and to me that is that's the best content you can ever make when i gotta keep to a, a script oh man that that struggle i can't do scripts man i really can't you you, you don't want to be on my side of tiktok doing historical docs then <laughs> i shoot I'm, I'm a little i'm gonna make sure that my team roping tuesdays yeah i'm gonna give no tips or anything like that because they'll come for my yeah. throat well see and i try not to do tips and i try not to tiktok train usually i give uh and like i did a video on bits and bidding but it was a, a very broad you know, yeah. instead of going to a stronger bit, maybe step down to a lighter bit. Um, if, you know, if you feel like you need more bit, maybe your horse just needs more training, yeah. you know, and there's still a handful of people that are going to go, well, I need this. No, what you need is to get your butt and round corral work with your horse and soften your horse up, you know, but you, you, you can't say that. No, you so, can't. You know, you can, I mean, you can, but you're, you can, but you're a butthole for it. Well, I yeah. could, I could ever, I could just hang up Saratelli or Ariat or Coors Banquet or I don't know, Coors Banquet might be all about it. They might be going woo in the background. And uh, hmm. Coors Banquet, if you're listening, I love your product. Miller, <laughs> Miller Coors, holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. So, there you go, marketing. Up. Yeah, it's, it's a good marketing. You know, you can hang a banner at a rodeo for like $3,000 to come hit me up for a couple hundred bucks. Come on, come talk to you, boy. There you go. But, um, well, guys, it's been a pleasure. It is always a pleasure. So I want to thank our sponsors. Um, that's the Rancher Podcast. Austin over there does a great job. You can check out the Rancher wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash J Ryan. Get your free audio book today. Hundreds of thousands of audio books ready to go right at your fingertips no need to keep with your uh subscription there if you decide it's not for you you get to keep your audiobook and go on your merry way i uh, also like to thank anchor anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast i'm sure you've already heard that ad at the beginning of the show if you got any dreams of starting your own podcast if you've got something to say they've got people that want to listen so you can go to anchor.fm today and get started but for rowdy colton Jesse Bussey, I am Ryan Chastain, and this is Behind the Horse's Eyes, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>